Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing. Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. We have another little guest in the studio. How are you, Andy? I'm well. How Where's Her Right Royal Highness Dale Bridge? What's I, going on? I called her to tell her the guests had a special request and she told me that... Get stuffed. I was coming in tonight anyway, so... Yeah, uh, you may as well turn up. Yeah. I'm not sure. You're not sure? No, no. You think she's had enough of us? Maybe. Well, not me, you, obviously. Yeah. I mean, having, having to rub shoulders with the youth makes me sick <laughs> with jealousy. Now, we do have a young guest in the studio today, a very young guest, and uh, hello, Jude Cohen. Hi. How do you spell Cohen? It's K-O-H-N. Could you say that again, please? K-O-H-N. That's an unusual spelling. Um, Yeah, it's uh, traditional from, uh, like, Western Europe. Talk louder. Talk louder. So Germany, Poland, it's a Ah, variation on Cohen. Cohen, oh, Cohen, Cohen, all right, Jude. You know who St. Jude was, don't you? Um, I don't. You don't know who St. Jude was? You're kidding me, Jude. Is that your real name? Um, It's my nickname. What's your real name? So, I mean, I have several. Well, tell us, we don't mind if you've got multiple identities. Okay. Okay, so um, my my legal name is, is Judith Ann, mm. um, but I've never been called by that name. Right, Ann um, with an E or not? With an E. Ooh, yeah. that's very... Judith with an E or not? Uh, no E in that no one. No E, okay, okay. Keep going. Um, so I uh, once they shortened that to Jude. Jude, right. Um, and then made the decision a few years ago that I actually prefer my Hebrew name. Which is what? Judith Hanna. So Judith Ann, Judith Hanna. Could you do it slowly? Yehudit Hanna. Yehudit Anna. Hanna. Hanna. Hanna with Hannah. the chet. Hanna, multilingual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I learnt uh, Hebrew once to tell a friend happy someday, mm-hmm. on Kippur Day or something. He was shocked. <laughs> shocked. Now, this is about you. We only ask two questions. <laughs> and if you do play or sing, you are allowed, but we don't have music on the program. Only if you do it, okay? okay? We ask two questions. The first question takes five seconds and the next takes 55 minutes. Okay. No community announcements. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. okay. It's just you and me and if we get into an <laughs> argument, Andy will pop in, okay? All right. All right. 
first question. What year were you born? 1986. Excuse me, could you repeat that again? Uh, am I not loud enough? No, you know, just again for our listeners' sake. Um, I was born in 1986. We've got a young one, listeners. They're usually born in 1926 on this program. We've got 1986. How are you going to fill in an hour of your life? <laughs> That's what I've been thinking. <laughs> 1986. <laughs> All right, we'll see how we can stretch this mm. out. Okay. 1986. What's the first thing you remember? Um, so this is, isn't the first thing I remember. It's my clearest memory. So I'm going to go with this one. All right, today. go with your clearest memory. So I um, went to primary school at a small Jewish school. School, mm-hmm. and I remember a day. This must have been grade prep, so mm-hmm. sort of five or six. I remember a day that we were lining up outside. I think to start lunch or to go on an excursion. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And the teachers are telling us that today was Tubishvat, um, which is a Jewish festival, also known as Rosh, Hasha, Rosh Hashanah Lelanot, which yeah, literally well that's, that's taught me a lot. You know. yeah, well, it literally translates to New Year's for the tree. Uh-huh. And so it's a festival for the trees to celebrate the cycle of, of trees. Mm. And so they're explaining to us about the day and, and they say, um, who wants to go run out and hug a tree? Mm-hmm. And I was very gullible at the time and I still am. So not realising they were joking, I ran out and I hugged the biggest tree. What's wrong with that? Well, I didn't think anything at the time until I ran back to the line and tried to reclaim my place. And they and, were all laughing at you? Well, they were doing that, but also the young boy behind me said that I couldn't have my place back. They'd lost my place. What, because you went and hugged a tree? I hugged a tree. He so. was just jealous. <laughs> he wanted to hug you. Well, I mean, I, so I promptly punched him and started well, a brawl. That's, the, that's what I would do, yeah. yeah. You started a brawl. You remember starting a brawl at we a had Jewish a punch preschool. Up constantly. It was a lot of that. But, a lot um, of that. Oh, yeah, okay. healthy, obviously. Uh, and what's your boxing skills like today? Um, I I do learn boxing today, so that's why I thought this memory was appropriate. Cause it's, you, you do learn boxing. Mm-hmm. I, I better be careful. All right, so 86, Jewish preschool. Now, you don't know about St. Jude's. I, I, I don't. I, I'm, really, I'm really confused. Here we are, a young Jewish woman taking on a Roman Catholic saint's name. Oh, I mean, to me, I look at it as being a Hebrew name. It means Jewish woman. Yeah, well, so, does it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it does. been appropriated by the Catholics because they have a St. Jude's. And you know who St. Jude looks after? No idea. The hopelessly incurable. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I used to, I used to uh, see some patients at a uh, specialised home for people with very high spinal cord paralysis, and it was called St. Jude's, and I didn't think it was an appropriate name. But that's life, isn't it? All right, let's go back to your life. So your parents still alive? They are. So we can't say rude things about them. What are they like as parents? Um, they're... Yeah, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Are you lying to me? Not at all. Nobody. They're wonderful. They are. They're, yeah. Mm. Good people. They're good parents. So. They're good parents. Yeah, you got any brothers and sisters? I have a big sister. Is she wonderful too? Yeah, she has her moments. <laughs> she has her moments. <laughs> she does. So, um, so what type of uh, family environment did you live in as a little girl? Yeah. So we. I mean, we were raised in a very traditional. Household, um, me and my sister are first generation Australian. Mm-hmm. So, where did um, your parents come from? My mum comes from a, a family of Jewish Americans, um, and my my dad was born, um, I think two two or four years after the war, and he his mother was from Latvia and his father was from Poland, mm-hmm. but they'd both met when they'd been liberated in Eastern Germany, and um, what year was that? What, 46, 47? Yeah, just after the war. Mm. 
And my grandmother was very lucky to have survived the war with several of her sisters. And, and they lived in Germany? They, they were from Latvia. Latvia, right. But um, during the sort of transportation mm. process, mm. They'd, um, she'd actually travelled to a few uh, European countries and uh, just ended up in Eastern Europe, mm. in, in Eastern Germany. And um, the conditions in Eastern Germany were, were not good. So my grandfather managed to smuggle my grandmother, her sisters and a childhood friend who'd all stayed together during the war into West Germany where mm-hmm. there was freedom under the Americans and eventually apply for a visa. Um, so my dad was born over there and, and made passage to Australia some years after. Did they come to Australia? They did, yeah. Why not Israel? Um, it was the luck of the draw. What do you mean luck of the draw? I mean, um, you've got the right of entry to Israel any time you like. No, when you were applying for visas, it was what, what came first. That Is was it? my understanding. Was it? Oh, yeah. right. And mm. there was already a sister Oh, that's right. Settled. The Jewish state hadn't been established then, had it? Uh, um, not at that stage. That's right, right. So the luck of the draw was come to Australia. Yeah. They made the right choice, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I often think it's strange to, you know... Uh, to be a Jew surrounded by kangaroos. My old neighbourhood when I lived um, in mm-hmm. Canberra was full of kangaroos on the streets and it just would blow my mind that there's this, you know, Jewish girl surrounded by by kangaroos. It's, You're lucky it wasn't Australian men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucky it was kangaroos, I tell mm. you. So what language did you speak at home? Um, we spoke English, mm-hmm. but there was always there was always Yiddish. Yiddish, um, mm-hmm. So even though I'm explain to people the difference between Yiddish and Hebrew, a lot of people don't yeah. understand the difference. So Yiddish, Hebrew, I start there is um, is a very old language, um, and one of the world's first systems of languages. So uh, written systems of languages. So before, you know, all over the world, there was hieroglyphics or sort of pictorial representations of language. Hebrew emerged at a time where, again, all around the world, people were starting to record systems of languages, so connections between sentences and structure and and storytelling um, that way. And it evolved from a few mother languages, Aramaic being one of them, um, and has continued to be the language of the Jews through... Um, through Torah predominantly and was, was actually lost for a long time after our exile from the Roman and, and Greek invasions and was reclaimed through the state of Israel and re-put together. Um, so modern Hebrew is very different to ancient Hebrew and shares a lot of roots with Arabic and a lot of Arabic slang, like you want to say, Ababa. Um, you know, you're speaking Arabic. So mm. that's Hebrew in a nutshell. Right. And Yiddish is what evolved in Europe and all over Europe, um, in the East and the West, so there are different dialects, um, where it was forbidden to read or write Hebrew. So Yiddish is, ro- is written in Hebrew characters, but not the print that you'll find in Torah. It's script, which is very hard to read. Even if you know print, you might not necessarily know how to read Yiddish-Hebrew. So it's almost a language in disguise and was used very much so because it incorporates German and Russian and all the, the host country mm. languages. Mm. But in its own way, it's very subversive and there's a lot of humour in Yiddish. It's a very funny, fun-filled language, very cheeky. Mm. Can you speak both um, fluently? No, not fluently. Can you read them? Um, I, can, I can read Hebrew mm. from, from Is Torah. Is Yiddish in written form too? It is, but it's written in script, and the characters look quite different to printed Hebrew. Um, So, as a young girl in a Jewish preschool, did you start learning? uh, What language did you use? um, So, we learnt to read and write 
in Hebrew. We learned the alphabet, the Hebrew mm. alphabet, alongside the English alphabet. So we're writing from um, left to right. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, that. right to left. The opposite to English. I don't write Hebrew. I don't know. So the opposite to English. So, oh. um, you know, we're learning to write uh, alongside English um, and build vocabulary as well. Mm-hmm. And we're learning all the stories from Torah. There's, you know, Judaism is a great religion for kids because there's a lot of festivals and some of them are really exciting. Mm. Um, so we, we're learning and, and that. Did, and did you uh, have the festivals at school? Yeah, of course. Like the yeah. tree-hugging festival? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where'd you go to primary school? At King David. King David. Yeah, which is uh, grown now, but when I was there, was was quite a small school. Right. Did you go as a day day yep. student? Mm-hmm. Right. So how many years did you go there for? Um, I was there till I was about ten. Ten. What happened? Um, my sister, I think, got a scholarship to a to a Methodist school, and mm-hmm. in the interest of fairness, my parents sent both of us there. You call that fair? What do you reckon about that decision? Um. And, you know, this is something I have spoke about with my parents since because it didn't go well for me at that school. No, that's what I'm thinking. Here you are. You've been brought up in a Jewish yeah. tradition for 10 years. You've gone to a Jewish preschool. You've gone to King David. Your, your bloody smart sister gets a scholarship <laughs> to MLC, Methodist Ladies College, mm-hmm. and your parents think it's fair to send you there. What's um, going on? Well, I mean, I think I probably did influence the decision because I did want to be, you know, What, do you want to wear straw sister. hats or something, did you? No, I didn't realise that that was part of the, <laughs> part of the deal. <laughs> Um, you know, she she did very well there because she's academically minded mm. in a way that I'm not. Mm. And so a very good school for academics. Mm. A very good school if you know how to sit still. Mm. So how many years were you at MLC? Uh, too many. What's too many? Four, four years, four, five years. Four. So what, you left at about grade nine, did you? Yeah, it was a mutual decision between me and the school. What, you are going to be expelled? Or... They didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said it was a mutual. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it yeah, was a mutual decision. So what, what made you want to leave? Um, I didn't, I don't think that I fit in there in any sense of the word. How do you mean? Look, there's a lot of things that, you know, it's hard sort of, I guess, interpreting a childhood experience with an adult mind, but there's things that I would, I guess, look at now that I didn't understand at the time, like maybe some class issues. Mm-hmm. It's It's a school that's, you know, predominantly, I guess, they're very traditionalist. A lot of the girls there, their mothers went there and their mothers went there and they're in a neighbourhood where mm. it's close mm. to the school whereas we lived, you know, in the Jewish... Quarter. Yeah, in the Jewish yes. quarter. That's not what we call it. But, no, um, no, that's what they would have called it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, they would have used the word get. They would have yeah. used the word ghetto. Yeah. Um, from, from Yiddish, that's a, a, another Yiddish word. Mm. Um, no, I'm going to take that away. No, no, I'm not... Well, <laughs> no, we don't use notes. We don't you, use notes because you can't concentrate if you use notes. Andy, could, could you explain to Jude that we don't use notes on Radical Australia? It's not a you don't we don't, we don't mind people making mistakes about their lives because nobody else knows whether you're telling the truth That's or not. True. So it doesn't matter. So all right, you so left you left MLC. About? You left MLC. Where'd you mm-hmm. go next? See, I've just removed her notes. Sorry, listeners, but <clears> I, I felt that this was a little bit. Turge at the conversations, but we want we want to put under pressure. You did say you were going to try and make me cry. So, That's right. Um, yeah. Well, I tell that to everybody, but I never succeed. All right. So you left MLC. Where'd yeah. you go? Uh, it's a Caulfield Grammar. Oh, that sounds all right. And how'd you yeah. go there? Much better. Much right. better. Did and you Did you finish HSA? I did. Yeah. Year twelve. I did. What year was that? I can't remember. Can't remember. How am I supposed to remember? <laughs> I was born in fifty one. You're born in eighty six. Come on. You should I have a more, more active brain. Well, how did you go in the exam? 
Yeah, look, I surprised everyone and did very well. Did you? Yeah. Oh, so here you are, what, you'd be 17, 16? Yeah. And the world's your oysters, you've done well in HSC. What did I you did. decide to do? I decided to go to law school. Like Law school. Yeah. Uh, any particular reason? Um, yeah, I'm sure I had my reasons at the time, but I can't quite remember any of them. I think mm. I was watching a lot of... Uh, TV court dramas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. American um, court dramas. Yep, I yep. assume. Yeah. Why don't you do law, go to law school in America then? Didn't even occur to me. Didn't I went America. to law school in Canberra. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. You said you were living at Camberwell, did you? Canberra, Canberra, Canberra. Canberra. All right, Canberra, not Camberwell. Right. Yeah. You went to law school in Canberra, yeah. the National University. Yeah. The ANU. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I got in. That's it. Well, you would yeah. have got in other things. You could have been a physio, an OT, a doctor. You could have been anything. No, I didn't have the marks to be a doctor. Oh, right. And we already had a doctor in the family. What's that, your, your sister? My, my cousin. Your so... cousin. But that's not in the family. That's yes, just, it is. That's an extended family. No, no, no. That's a family. <laughs> that's, that's a family. Um, so we had a doctor in the family, so right. the pressure was off, you know. Uh, we had a doctor, a lawyer, yeah. a candlestick maker. That's right. Yeah, and you were the lawyer. So how yeah. long did you last at law school at the ANU? Um, I, it took me six years. I did a double you degree. You did it? I did. I what, was, what was the other degree? Um, art. So. Uh, look, I've got this legal problem. Could you give me some advice? <laughs> if you're coming to me to have help, you're in trouble. Um, Six years. Yeah. How did you support yourself? I worked as a cook for most of it, or a tutor. I tutored as well. Tutor. You worked as a cook. What do you yeah. cook? Um, so I, while I was finishing my HSE, I did uh, my certificates in, in chefing. Mm-hmm. And that actually did really well for me because then I was able to get some some really nice paying jobs at mm-hmm. you know some very nice restaurants, really mm-hmm. good teams. And I um, had trained in French cooking, so I French cooking, yeah, predominantly worked in French or Italian restaurants. I'm 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 your slave. <laughs> at my age, there's only one thing that's important in life: food. Mm. And you're a cook. Can I take you home? Um, well, you did say you were going to try and make me cry and you might succeed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Look, not everybody at your age is a, can cook as a, you know, professionally. I'm not, not trying to uh, take the mickey out of you, but, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you can cook professionally and French cooking, which is not easy. It's, uh, you know, it takes a lot of skills and mm. practical skills. So what do you like? What's your favorite dish? What are you really good at making? Um, Probably, yeah, food from my culture. Like, um, mm. I'm good at making a really nice dip platter, which which sounds simple, but like you, when you're shelling the chickpeas by hand for your hummus and mm-hmm. you know roasting your eggplant on the open open flame, and it doesn't sound very French. No, I can't eat French food. It's too much cream and the alcohol is too rich for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. you should be able to eat anything. No, I can't. I can't. Okay. I don't know. Right. So, tutoring. What were you tutoring in? Um, any humanities subject, so oh. anything from politics, anything that was an essay, so right. from politics. Well, well you didn't write history. their essays for them, did you, and get paid on the side? Um, that, don't answer that <laughs> question, please. You are an ANU graduate. I don't want you stripped of your degrees. So what degrees have you got? So I have an arts law degree from the mm-hmm. ANU, majoring mm-hmm. in history and English, mm-hmm. and I'm currently halfway through a Master's of Education. No, no, Mistress of Education. I've never understood that why it's a master. It should be a mistress of education. Mm, that's a good point. Oh, it is a good point. Now, getting back, so what did you do for entertainment? You've been six years at ANU. Um, I had a great, great friendship circle in Canberra. That um, sounds pretty boring. It was, yeah, it was a wonderful six years, I guess. 
And um, I, st- I started playing music actually in my second or third year. You started playing music. Yeah. Why right. would you do that? Because I, um, I fell off my bike. <laughs> well, that I injured that, myself. Well, did you have a head injury and that's what you <laughs> I might have done, actually. I never got that checked out. You know, you fell no, off your bike. I did. You, yeah. you were bicycling around Canberra, yeah. going round and round and round. In the, yeah, all the roundabout. So you actually fell off or somebody hit you? Well, no, I, it was just, it was, honestly, this was an act of God. I was, an act of I God. I was riding on a, foot, on a, on a bike path yeah. on a nice sunny day. Mm-hmm. Um, there was absolutely no reason for me to come crashing off my bike, but I think right. a loose pedal, pebble on the road and, mm-hmm. and I went flying and actually managed to injure myself quite badly. So. And what did you break? My knee. <sighs> Left or right? Uh, the right Left, one. Right one. You broke it. Yeah, I shattered what, it. What, above well. or below? Or? I don't want to talk about it. It's really. It's, I want to talk about it. Um, it's, it was a really nasty injury. Yeah, um, I can understand that, but uh, it would have been exceptionally painful. Here you are, lying on the uh, oh, yeah, side of the road. Did anybody to... stop? Yeah, they did. They did. This Canberra, of course. They stopped. Yeah, yeah. They stopped. And we got an ambulance, and right. and off I went. Um, mm-hmm. Down to Canberra Base Hospital. Yeah. Through the accident emergency department. That's correct. Just screaming. They give you a shot of morph. Down to the X-ray. Yeah, pretty much. And what do they tell you? Um, that I I can't walk on my knee because it's swollen. And this isn't a joke to sort of mm, the size mm. of a football. Mm. I wish that was a joke. Um, and sort of bruised the the entire leg. Um, so I can't walk on it with that kind of swelling. They don't know exactly why it's been injured that badly. Um, so you know, after sort of a few attempts to reduce the swelling through surgery that didn't didn't work, was just you know, stay at so there's no underlying fracture. It was just blood. It was, was a dislocation, it? and we don't want to talk. No, no one wants to hear about the. Of course they do. Of course they do. You got no idea how sick, um, sick the <clears> listeners are. Well, moving on. So I <laughs> couldn't. I was instructed not to walk on it. Look, look. Andy's had multiple fractures. All right, mm. he had a huge tank fall on him, and he's oh, yeah. he's happy. He's alive. He's yeah. happy. He's walking. That's so it. He had multiple operations. <laughs> yeah, just a few minor. Well, it was minor, just to reduce the swelling. Right, and right. Uh, nothing was working, so the. I guess conclusion was stay at home, mm-hmm. keep your leg up, don't yep. don't walk on it. Mm, take two Panadol. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of medication, mm. um, which I actually didn't take. So this was God's will. You're well, telling who, me? Who knows? Because what came out of it was I started playing my flatmate's guitar and I started Excuse writing songs. Me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Have you ever picked up a musical instrument before then? I dabbled, but I'd never. What did you dabble in? I piano lessons as a kid, kind of mm. usual. Recorder. Yeah, all that, all, all that. that. So yeah. here you are, lying. Yeah. Healing. Yep. Bored. Yep. Pick up a guitar. That's right. And you find you've got a natural affinity. Yeah, I think something with the combination of just the amount of time I had to spend on it, because, mm. you know, like anything, it's about practice. Mm. And, um, you know, some, you know, like... Uh... No, 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 I don't play any music. <laughs> I, think, I think the Taliban and uh, Cromwell were right. Music is the devil's. Oh, wow. Devil's instrument, you know? There you go. <laughs> Um, you know, and just being in sort of the headspace that I was in, mm. you know, trying to deal with, you know, like a... Like well, a, you had to do your studies at the same time and yeah, put in your assignments studies, and do yeah, all that? Yeah, Talented. So go on. Well, I needed my Centrelink. If I didn't study, I wouldn't I wouldn't have kept my Centrelink, so... Mm, that's no good. So let's go back to this guitar business. So you keep keep strumming, and then you said you started writing things. Mm-hmm. How come? That, see, this I have no idea. It's what? Just, it just came to you? Yeah, it literally was one day I can use both my legs and I'm a cook and I'm swimming yeah. every day and running around. Yeah, yeah, town life ahead bike. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And the next day I'm housebound and, and writing songs. It, 
you know. Just like that. Yeah, at the time it felt like that. And he, in retrospect, it really was sort of like snap of your fingers. That's oh, it is a snap of your fingers. Mm. It's what they call born again. Well, there you go. Now you see why I call it an act of God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. Here you mm. are, pedaling away, working out what law, prestigious law yeah. firm you're going to apply for. Mm-hmm. Working out all these little recipes in your head, and all of a sudden you come off your bike, stuff your knee up, mm-hmm. land up at home, pick up a guitar. And now I think I'm Bob Dylan. Like. <laughs> you think you're Bob Dylan? No, no, just... He's not dead yet. You're not channeling Bob Dylan. He's not dead, is he? No, but you I know what he I looks mean. dead, but you know. So living that, that, that perceived life, you all know. Right. Okay, well, I'm a bit confused by all this. Now, I understand we do have a rule here that if you do play an instrument, and sing. We will actually let the listeners <laughs> listen. And I think maybe now is an opportune time that we found out that you're more than just a another lawyer. <laughs> that you strum a guitar and write songs. So you actually sing your own songs. I do. You don't do covers, hopefully. Yeah, every now and again. What? When you need money? No, no. When you know a song, you know, touches me, and, and I feel like yeah. I can make part of it my own, and um, then I'll. No, yeah. you, don't, you don't you don't sing like them. You put your own interpretation, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about music, but obviously, you know, you're a talented person. And I wouldn't want you to waste your life <laughs> singing other people's songs in their own voice. No, no. Look, Andy, do we do we have anything here today that uh, we could uh, share with the listeners to see how there is a little something here? We got a little something. Yeah, yeah. 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 You've been a fellow. Mu- Fellow musician, you can actually do a critique at the end of it, I think, Andy. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't, I've already heard it. I think it sounds great. So yeah. yeah? Do you think we should hear it? Do you, think, excited, yeah. do you think we should inflict this on the listeners? Yeah, yeah. You know? This yeah, is, I uh, think Jude Cohen's uh, piece, it's got a name? This song's called History. All right. History. Yeah. Ah, sounds good. I feel like I'm never gonna change Cause I'm bound by my history And I'm bound by my name Ain't that a shame Wish I could save my freedom Up like pennies Cause today I have so much Oh, I may not have any When these 
Taliban and Cromwell are wrong. That is the music. That is the voice of an angel. That is the voice of an angel. Even an old man like me was soothed by that voice. That's incredible. Look, thank you, God, for giving this woman a stuffed knee. Without that happening, we wouldn't have heard that. So I'm thanking God for that. Okay. All right. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, that depends. Yeah, it depends. That's what they all say. Look, have you ever actually put your foot in a courtroom as a lawyer? No, never as a lawyer. Never as a lawyer. Have you, did you do your articles? Uh, no, I actually hope to do that next year. Next year. So yeah. what, what year did you get your degrees? Um, I graduated, I think, 2011. That's six years ago. Yeah. Even I can do that maths. You yeah. should have done your articles in 2012. Don't tell me you What to... for? So you could be a lawyer. There's no money in music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your family wanted you to be a lawyer. They've got a doctor, a candlestick maker, and you're the lawyer. You've let the family down. I'll get there, but um, I, in, in a big sense, I do everything in my life very slowly. You do it um, slowly. I do, yeah. But you're only born in 86. That means you're 31 or 30, you know? Yeah, so I've had 30 years of doing things slowly. Slowly. Yeah. All right. 2011, you get your degree. What happens? Um, I'm... Living in a small country town. Where? Braidwood. Where's that? Uh, it's about an hour so southwest of Canberra. Why would you, in heaven's name, would you go there for? I just needed a change. Um, What's wrong with studying every day? With what, sorry? Studying every day. What's wrong with that? Why do you need a change? Well, I was finishing my degree from, from Braidwood and mm. making the commute and was working part-time at my local hospital and it just what is t- the cook? And I was a carer. Carer. And nurse's aide. And it mm-hmm. just turned out that I absolutely loved it. And so when I graduated, I stayed on for about two years working full time. <laughs> Excuse me. With my law degree at Excuse home. Me. <laughs> changing Excuse nappies. Me. Excuse and- <laughs> If I was your, if I was one of your parents, <laughs> I'd be having a headache. You see now. why I call them wonderful now? Cause they well, they are. They put up all, all this it. crap. Exactly. Yeah, they put you yeah. for you know law school. You get yeah. your degree, and then you go and work as a carer at a country yeah. hospital. Yeah. What's so great about caring? Um. You know what? I learned so much, and I was very lucky. This was a hospital that where all the staff treated. You didn't fall off your bike again. No, you no, said no, you were very lucky. No, no. Um, right. You know, all the staff there uh, treated every patient like family. So I had a lot of role models around me. And this is um, not one of these disgusting regional hospitals that yeah that, that where everybody's treated as a human being. Yeah, it? yeah. It You're was. kidding. Um, so I, I didn't have any reason to leave, you know. Well, how about the wages? That eventually I did find a job, actually still within the, the, the health system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to see your application. Bachelor of Law, <laughs> Bachelor of Arts, Master of Art or Master of Law, whatever, uh, applying for carer's position. Yeah. Didn't they just look at you? No, because I was still studying when I started. Oh, right, right. That's so, acceptable. Yeah, That's acceptable. Yeah. So right. I started part-time and then when I graduated, they were very happy to have me there full-time because mm. you can imagine they're understaffed. Well, that's right. Nobody would go to a place like that except strange people. Now, mm. what type of caring did you do? Um, so I worked in low care and high care. So, the so low tell, care, us, tell us what low care is. Yeah. Um, that's just... Uh, um, you know, basic day-to-day help for people. That doesn't and, tell me anything. You know, you, you help 
prepare meals and you give them meals. It, mm. The kitchens cook it, but you help. So of. they are independent? Yeah, yeah, independent living. They, yes. they, can, they can actually dress themselves, yeah. wash themselves, yeah. brush their teeth. They can do all that. That's yeah. low care. And you might have a bit of... You might have to give a bit of help where there's sort of some memory loss or guiding mm-hmm. people through their day if, you know, they have right. appointments or, you know, just sort of anything. And these were hospital patients or outpatients? That one was a, a facility. Like, it was still attached to the hospital because right. it was what's called a multi-purpose service, which mm-hmm. I don't know that they have too many of No, they don't. No, obviously. Um, this was in the ACT, was it? This was just outside. This was New South Wales. That's incredible. Yeah. New South Wales. Yeah. This health system is usually crap. Yeah. So it means that um, you get uh, so what is essentially an aged care home mm. that's government funded, that's, you know, government places, mm-hmm. um, you know, that supports the community. I also did work with home care. Like you, you go out and you, you visit people at home and do right. the same sorts of things. So this is all low care. Yeah. So you've got the hospital as a central focus yeah. and then you've got, Nursing care, um, low care, yeah. all attached to this. Yeah, it was all part hospital. of the hospital. Yeah, right. and then the high care unit was actually in the hospital, and mm. it was a sixteen bed, or it's mm. a sixteen bed hospital um, for people that needed you know, a range of, of so different. What help, type so. of type of things did you have to do in high care? Um, anything from well, everyone required help showering but Mm -hmm. depending on the patient's needs you might be working by yourself or maybe you need a lifter so you're working with two of you and you get them dressed in the morning make sure everyone's eaten breakfast and what I've heard in some bigger hospitals is nurses don't have the time to feed each patient individually because they're so stretched and understaffed Mm -hmm. and luckily this hospital we we managed with you know small so Mm. You know, each patient was attended to, and did you have beds that went up and down? Yeah, yeah, for the your back, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Must be, a, must be a marginal electorate. Mm. <laughs> I can't think of any other reason why it'd be so well funded, but also well run. I wonder mm. if that had something to do with it. The the woman that was in charge when I was there, her name was Joan, and mm. she was just she's you know an incredible nurse because when we were short staffed, she'd be in there nursing as well, and just just ran the place like, you know, like it ran like a dream. Yeah. So. Mm. Having the right leadership does help. Yeah. And somebody's so. got a vision and has got enthusiasm because yeah. that, that is a wonderful system. It really is. Mm. I mean, in a regional centre, the fact that uh, people who've got, uh, as they get in older or develop disabilities, they can actually come to a central place mm-hmm. and still be part of that community yeah. and be taken out and have access to their friends and relatives. It's, it's, a, it's really a dream situation to be a carer in a dream situation you've had a dream life haven't you i think so apart from all that fighting at preschool (laughs) i mean i use the word blessed but i wish i believed i believe in you believe in andy i believe in me but nothing i can't see i'm not interested in okay so did you continue your musical leanings when you're caring yeah i did a little bit i did i made my first album excuse me you made an album. I did, yeah. At Braidwood. Yeah. An album. Yeah. How would you do that? Um, just on my computer. I started to learn production. And is this this right? Can you, you you young people use computers to make albums now? What's happened to signing up to a big label? Yeah, they don't exist anymore, really. They don't exist? Mm. No. No, you don't need big labels. Well, maybe to make money, I guess, because I haven't made uh, uh, much sh- money. <laughs> sh- don't tell people that. Don't but, tell people but, I mean, that. that's not the point. If you just no. want to make music, then mm. you can do that. You so know. you could do that at home? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you could. You don't need a band? 
Um, it depends what sound you want. Um, you can use MIDI or, or samples are your two mm-hmm. main options for home recording. Mm-hmm. So what was your first record? It was called Disambiguation. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why. Um, and it was just a bunch of sort of electro-pop right. tracks. Mm-hmm. What's electro-pop? We've got a very old listenership. They're all yeah. over 90. I mean, just I guess you can... you. You might probably even be able to describe this better. Like these days, um, music, it's harder to put into genres. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. We would have like a backbeat, wouldn't it? Like yeah. a solid, yeah. always techno beat. <sighs> Maybe. So how did you go with this record? Um, I was too shy to really release it. So you made a record in yeah. your bedroom and you put it under your pillow. Pretty much. You didn't go out to the daycare centre and start singing? I did play it for, for my patients. Yeah, and they, how'd they react? Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, it was as good as what we heard. It's different. It's, it's not, different. not acoustic, so it right. didn't sound. Right. And, and they appreciate it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. good. Congratulations. Mm. But you didn't want to kind of play it any further than that? You didn't put it, do a YouTube clip or something or put it on the net? Um, not at that stage. No. All right. Okay. Sounds interesting. And so what happens after you? Why did you leave Braywood? Um. For, I guess, work opportunities, I got a job um, with the Department of Health and Ageing as a graduate, and so back to Canberra, mm-hmm. and I lasted six months there, but oh, stayed in Canberra. So was that a uh, administration job, or...? It was a, the graduate position, you, you rotate, you spend th- three or four months in three different areas of the mm. department, right. and my first one was with the project team, and my second one was actually in the legal department, and that's when I decided I didn't want to be a grad anymore. Yeah, well, you, people were suing you and you had to <laughs> write letters saying, you dare and we'll take you to court. I remember I was in, I was in, I was having an argument with somebody once. must have been about 30 years ago. I think it was the head of this, the Australian Electoral Commission. He said, Joe, he said, you want to pursue this? I'll get a QC to hold my QC's briefcase and you're going to pay for all of them. And I said, bring it on. But that's what I'm saying. So it's that type of thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You don't seem very happy about being a lawyer. <laughs> you know how many you know how many percentage of people who become lawyers actually practice? Mm-mm. What do you think? I'd say maybe twenty percent. About twenty-five to thirty percent. Yeah, right. So it's just something to do, isn't it? Mm. Mm. All right. So you leave. You're there for six months. What happens after that? Um, I get a job with a not-for-profit organisation. Mm-hmm. You, you want to mention it or not? I won't. I won't no. mention it. Was it unhappy? We are unhappy there. Um, look, there were a lot of positives about it, mm. but at the end of the day, it just solidified what was sort of, I guess, growing in me for a long time. That um, my place, you know, to I guess try and bring change or bring you know whatever I want to achieve is isn't going to come necessarily in a formal office environment. Right. So, how old were you then when you came to that decision? Twenty-seven. Oh, well, yeah, that's been around a while. Yeah. Yeah. Any love kind of breached your life in that period? Was there, was there any personal <laughs> relationships which changed the direction of your life? Or? Um, look, I've, I think I've learned from all of my personal relationships. That's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all what I have, have to say learnt? about that. What have you learnt? What have I learnt? Um, you know, actually, and this does tie into, I guess, why I left. Uh, the world of office work mm. was um, was with somebody for many years that I'd met 
in America and um, impressed in me that the idea that, you know, right, get this right, right thought, right speech, right action. And so I felt working in this not-for-profit, you know, which dealt with race relations. That mm. was the... That was the Okay, yep. the, the the organization raison d'etre. Yes, thank you. And um and I felt like I didn't know enough to be considered an expert in the field. So what am I doing? Why have I been hired? Why am I working in this environment when you know my actions are right? It might be the right thing to do to go off and work for not for profit and try and help people and this and that. But I'd skip the right thought and and right action mm. and right right speech. I just skipped all of that within myself. So it was very important for me to take a step back and I guess what you'd call it, like get my house in order mm-hmm. before I decided what my next move would be because I'm looking around me and I'm seeing a lot of instances where more harm is being done than good. And, you know, by you know, intention or otherwise, it's still the same result. And so, yeah, that was mm. yeah, a big influence. A lot of people by the time they're 27 have travelled. Did you Have you travelled? Um, I lived in the States on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, I said before, my mum's American and right. so am I. So where in the States? Um, mostly around New York or, mm-hmm. or um, Michigan. My family's around there. And what's life like there? <sighs> hmm. It's harder. Mm-hmm. It's harder than it is here. You know, you get sick there. And I, you know, I don't think I had travel insurance when I went. Or if I did, I think I didn't know how to use it. Right. So if you get sick, you're on your own. Um, you know, it's it's harder. But at the same time, you know, I was there the first time when I was 21 for a few months and it was brilliant. Like, uh, you know, New Yorkers, I was in Manhattan, New Yorkers are so friendly. They love their city. If you stop and you've got a tour book open and you're sitting reading, nine out of ten times someone will come up to you and, and want to show you something. Oh, you're like, yeah. yeah, you're not from here, let me show you. Mm, mm. Um so a great place to make connections, but a great place to live. Did you do any music in New York? No, that was before I'd had my accident. That was before, yeah. before God's will intervened That's in right. your life. Yeah. All right, so you came back, you're in Canberra, you've decided paid work is not your drudgery. Yep. So you made a very good decision. See, most people, I include myself in this, you know, we're losers. We are, you know, you work and 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 then retire and then you die. Hmm. You've decided to retire at 24 <laughs> or 27. You've yeah. decided that this is not for you. You want a different life. So ha- what did you start doing? Um, I was just, I sat on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I can do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I thought a lot every mm-hmm. day, sometimes staring blankly at the wall. You thought. I thought. I thought a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything from... From, you know, things I didn't like about myself to things mm. I didn't like about my country to things I didn't like about the world that we live in. All right. Well, that's, that's three little avenues we can actually explore. What don't you like about yourself? What didn't you like about yeah. yourself? Um, you know, and this is an ongoing battle. I'm so impatient mm. to a fault. Like, and it's, you know... Uh, but, but, you, it, but you're young. You're allowed to be yeah, impatient. But, oh, see, I mean, there we go. I'm interrupting you. Like, I mean, it's, it's not nice, right? You're not interrupting me. I interrupt you. Okay, <laughs> let's get it right. You're the guest. I'm supposed to, you know, take a back seat. So that's not a, that's not a fault. What, what else did you find? Um, 
you know, I guess probably what a lot of people would find is, you know, we're all we're all human at the end of the day. And I found prejudices that I didn't know I had, mm. assumptions that I'd been making along the way, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. That mm. just, so how long this reassessment take? That took, I mean, and obviously it's ongoing, but that like yeah. real sort of, you know, time that I took for myself was um, about about a, actually a year, ex- almost exactly. Mm. Yeah. So what you'd wake up, you'd think yeah. you'd go to bed. No, well, I did work. Um, I wasn't on Centrelink at that time, mm-hmm. so I was working in hospitality. So I'd wake up, I'd smoke a bit <laughs> and right. think. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time down at the river that um, became part of my home. Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, go to work and Hmm. and that was life. An old-fashioned asylum. What do you mean? Well, in the old days, people, asylums would be created so people could actually go there and be away from community Hmm. and actually deal with what they had to deal with. It's it's an asylum, you know. Obviously, the religious tradition had a big uh, monopoly on that but you've actually created your own asylum in terms mm. of not in a negative but in terms of protection yeah. so you can decide which direction you want yeah. to go for and go i did feel very well protected this was when i mm. mentioned before that there were kangaroos on my street this is mm. where i'm living at the base of a, a mountain a nature reserve mm. and there's kangaroos coming up to my window at night you know i see the next day sort of droppings on the ground and mm. and i felt incredibly protected um just by by my, my area, by, right. by mm. where I was living. Mm. So what do you find wrong with your country? Um, probably more than I find right with it. Well, tell I us mean, a few things. Look, I, I don't think I could say anything that's new to anyone. No, 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 no. This is about you. It's not about the country. What did okay. you find? I think, you know, the, the reality is this is a, you know invaded and colonised country and has all of the problems that go along with that. Mm. Um, uh, you know, on top of the fact that it's very recently struggling to come to terms with some sort of a multicultural identity after, you know, a formation of being a white identifying nation. So I think, you know, the pressure of living in this country, even as somebody with white skin but comes from a diverse ethnic background, you know, is very real um, you know, on top of that, you know, the the way we, you know, treat women in power, the, the spill with Julia Gillard affected me very deeply um, at the time. Um, you know, uh, I don't know, I could, I could go oh, on. Oh, you go on. <laughs> oh, that's fine. And the world, and the world. And the world, um, you know, again, looking to other Western countries, we all share the, the sort of you know, sins of colonisation mm. and a failure to address mm. the real traumas that, that we've inflicted, mm. that seems to be universal in well, in Western countries. Well, you know you're in Melbourne, don't you? Yeah. We're not in Canberra, are we? So how did you get here? When did you get here? Oh, so, so I moved back here to do my Masters. Mm-hmm. What, two years ago? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And do you find it different living in Melbourne? I really miss the kangaroos. <laughs> well, you can go to Greensboro if you want to see some kangaroos. Yeah, but it's different. Or the Hillsville Sanctuary. You can go and camp in there if you want to. It's different when you're sort of living with it and living 10 minutes from this oh, river that oh, you... Right. You miss the kangaroos. So yeah. what, are you, what are you doing these days? 
What am I doing? Yeah, apart from yeah. talking to an old man. What, what are you doing? Um, so besides studying, mm. um, I really recently gotten involved with the um, Office for West Papua. Right. And how did you um, get involved with that crowd? So that was another act of God, really. Mm. Mm. Um, I was on a tram coming home and this gentleman got on the tram and we were sitting opposite each other. And, you know, I guess I think a friendly smile was exchanged is probably what started it, but we started... No, I can see the gentleman saying, oh, that's an attractive young woman. I'll smile at her. Nothing at all like that. (laughs) Nothing um, like that. Just a friendly smile. Yeah, absolutely. And and start a conversation and ask my name and, you know, because I go, well, you do this. He recognises that it's Hebrew and he's this West Papuan man that, that recognises Hebrew, I was, you know, I was really mm. intrigued. And so we chatted for a couple of stops before I had to get off and we swapped names so we could find each other on Facebook. When I found out that this was, um, you know, this man's name was Jacob and he was mm. actually a leader in the freedom fight for West Papua, mm. it really humbled me mm. that we'd had that exchange. And... Um, and ever since then, and again, I do things slowly, so it was a long time in between me contacting again, wanting to get involved. Um, yeah, but but since then, it's just been in my mind and in my heart. So, mm. so what have you been doing with the office? Um, well, I've just, I've just, I guess, just, just no, no, joined. No, 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 not just. What have you been doing? It's not just. It's something. Good. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess before I joined, what I was doing was. Um, we're sending emails to politicians on the Freedom for West Papua page. Right. There's a, a letter that they've written that's that reads beautifully and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you just sort of copy and paste that in an email and you send that to your local MP, which I did, and then realised that there were 150-odd other MPs I that's could right. be emailing. Mm. So I I started emailing them every day, sort of spending 10 minutes a day mm. emailing people. And, um, and somebody actually ended up getting back to me and... And got mm. got involved in the cause on this, just mm. on this exchange. Yes. So, um, and then after I'd run out of people to email, I got in touch with Jacob again, and he put me in touch with the women's office. Right. And since then, I've helped to edit this really remarkable book on international sovereignty um, uh, mm. around Indonesia and mm-hmm. and West Papua. Mm. So that, that's something I've I've done. Mm. How can other people get involved? So. Um, being really new here, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask. No, 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 no. You're the right person to ask. You work in the office. You're with the Women's Group West Papua. Mm. You've done all this work. You've got you've got one of the people from the uh, legislative uh, council to actually get very interested in West Papua. So, um, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening yeah. in the next few weeks that people get involved in? Listeners um, could get involved in. So there is a book launch for this book that I was talking right, about, right. and that's on the twenty second of April. Mm. Is that is um, that during the uh, West Papuan uh, Rent Collective regular do? Is it? Yeah, it is. So it's a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty second of April. Mm-hmm. What one till three? That's right. Yeah. And what's the address? What's the address? You know the address. You go there every day. Not every day. It's it's eight three eight Collins Street. Yeah, eight hundred thirty eight Collins Street. Eight hundred thirty eight. Eight hundred thirty eight. Eight hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah, it's yeah. the room at the back. Yeah, it's and there'll be great lunch, free. Yeah, right. Hmm. And there'll be wonderful speakers. Are you speaking? No, Why somebody not? from the ICJ is speaking. From the what? From the ICJ. The What's that? International Court of Justice. Oh, right. That's Excellent. actually that's a guess. 
Oh, that's good. So, look, it's an open invitation. Yeah. Everybody's invited, not just Rent Collective members. We are looking for new Rent Collective members because the whole purpose of the West Papuan Independence Movement Rent Collective is to pay the rent on the office so the West Papuan Independence Movement can actually use that office to promote the idea of independence, not just in Australia but uh, overseas and, uh, you know, knock on the door of the United Nations anti-colonialist um, committee and all those other committees that uh, people are involved in. So you're, you're all welcome. Saturday the 22nd of April, 8.38, Collins Street. You don't have to ring anybody else up. Free food, listen to the speakers. If you want to join the Rent Collective, well and good. If not, who knows. So what are you doing personally? At the moment. Are you doing any more music? Or are you giving oh, it, that was it. You're giving it up? You've moved on? Um, no, I've made another album. You've made another album? Mm-hmm. In the meantime, since what? I've been in Melbourne. Not in your room again. Yeah, that's this one here. Well, I can't see it. I don't think any listener can see. You tell me about it. I mean, listeners can't see. Okay, so I started performing under the name Arie, which means lion. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why not Um, kangaroo? Well, because that's... Well, funnily enough, I was going to say because kangaroos, I guess, mostly for for males, but Arie in Hebrew is, is male word as well so um i don't know i I wanted a word that reflected my culture and also how i feel about myself and you know i thought well why not a lion start there right it's a good good animal to pick on yeah and um i've got uh copies of the album and a friend of mine from new york has done these the most beautiful drawings the most beautiful paintings of of lions um for the cover art and the cd art Mm -hmm. um -hmm. is this available yeah, so I keep everything online and I make it all free. You keep it online? Yeah. So how do people access it? Um, if you run into me and we have a chat, I'll probably try and give you one of my business cards, which are frig- fridge magnets. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got, we've got, we've got at least 200,000 listeners out there, <laughs> maybe 300,000. You can't, you can't contact all of them. Is there a website that you can yeah, go okay. to to listen? What's what's the website? Um, www.ariemusic. That's you, one you, word. Could you do it slowly yeah. and spell it? Aria is A-R-Y-E-H, music, Aria music, mm-hmm. all one word, mm-hmm. dot com. Right. Um, and that's got, you can download two albums for free and listen to streaming and there's some videos. Um, videos? Yeah. That's extraordinary. Videos. But, well, yeah, yeah. Well, the type of videos I could show the kiddies? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's just, of course. just playing just guitar, I mean. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm an old man, I don't know anything. All right, so any plans for the future? Yeah. What? Um, finish my degree. Right. Um, next year I'd really like to look into doing my articles in law. Right. Yep. Um, keep working you know, to keep doing some volunteer work. This year I've decided not to work in paid work. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. and now I get Centrelink, so I don't mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. And a volunteer for a couple of Jewish organisations and obviously mm-hmm. the work with the West Papua offices is incredibly important mm-hmm. to me. Have you got a third album in you? Yeah, yeah. When's um, that coming out? That's probably going to be at least another two years away because it's mm-hmm. a collaborative one this time. Right. So. Why would you collaborate with anybody? You don't need to collaborate. Because that's life. That's life. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. So what's that website again if people want to listen yeah. to you? com. Could you spell it and do yeah. it slowly? Most of our listeners are over 95, okay? <laughs> Aria is A-R-Y-E-H. Music, Aria Music, all mm-hmm. one word, mm-hmm. dot com. Right. 
And will any of the records be available at the uh, West Papuan do on the 22nd of April? Will any of the CDs there? I mean, I'll be there, and I've usually got a few copies in my bag. So you'll be there, and you'll have some copies in your bag. So if you want to meet Jude personally, this is the way to meet her. Come down to the West Papuan do on the 22nd of April, 838 Collins Street, 1 o'clock, lunch. You going to play for us on Uh, the 22nd? No, I haven't been asked to play. Well, I'll I'll rectify that. Maybe. (laughs) I, I will make sure you play. I promise you will be playing. So don't forget to bring your guitar. Right. Look, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you, Jude. It's really good to meet young people who are not following the paths that we have actually created for them, that are willing to create their own paths in life. And I encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. Money isn't everything. As long as you can eat and you've got a roof over your head, it's all right. But you just continue what you're doing because I think you're a remarkable young woman and you'll do remarkable young things. And it's been a pleasure having you on the program today. Thank you very much, Jude Cohen. Thanks, guys. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows. Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows you've been discreet, but there was 